Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And today we continue our look at the three-part pilot of uh, Transformers animated, Transform and Roll Out, part two. Well, kind of part two. I was watching it on the original DVD it came out on, so it's just all three parts running together. And I didn't notice until I was like 31 minutes into the first episode. Oh, I'm not in the first episode anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I was, uh, I was watching it on daily motion because, uh, I, I no longer own any computers with an optical drive and I don't know where the, the remote oh. control to my Blu-ray player is. Oh. <laughs> so I have the DVDs. <laughs> Just, uh, it was too much trouble. But they actually have the uh, the hub airing of them, which I assume is the version that's on the Shout Factory DVDs. Oh, hopefully, is it? It should be. Rob, you have that version. Check the, the widescreen version that it was animated in, not the cropped version that was on all the DVDs and that was the first airing version. Yes, I believe it is the widescreen. Yay. Okay. need to get that one. Does yes, that still have that the commentary is. tracks that were done? It does have commentary tracks on it. I haven't listened to them, but they do list that as being on the DVD. I don't think it includes the uh, the animated shorts. Find online. Previously on Transformers Animated, Autobots, Met Megatron, Crash Uh also Giant. Yeah. Yes. A very, very Derek Wyatt sort of monster. I like it. And in fact, this, uh, we didn't mention this previously, but uh, this series was animated by two animation studios. This pilot is entirely animated by Mook. Mook? Oh, Mook. Yeah, they've been around for ever. It feels Does like. that mean something in Japanese, or is it like no. what Ben Grimm calls people? Oh, wait, <laughs> isn't that a Korean one? Or oh, I know it's just Japanese. Oh, it is. Japanese-based okay, animation studio. I am just remembering wrong then. I was made Eureka Seven, Gungrave, and Read or Die. Oh, and SWAT cats. And the Radical Squadron. <gasps> what SWAT cats? The Radical Squadron. Oh man, I'm excited now. That was a great show, and I'm not even a furry. <laughs> but it is, does that mean anything in Japanese, or is it just like Mook, as in well, like what Ben Grimm calls people? Uh, not off the top of my head. All right, you Mooks. Now it's clobbering time. <laughs> it's it's in katakana, so. Yeah, so it's probably a borrowed word from something. Oh, wait, no, that makes even less sense. Book <laughs> can mean like a postmortem of book and magazine. That only raises further questions. Yeah, it does. I don't know, maybe they started out with manga or something. Oh, that, I was going to say, I, I thought I had heard it. I was trying to remember where I had heard it, but yeah, actually where I had heard it was in reference to like, big, heavy magazines, so never mind. Anyway, speaking of things that are big and heavy and have thick accents, 
It's here that we're introduced to Detroit Police Captain Carmine Fanzone. <laughs> Yay! Which apparently actually is a real last name. Well, it's a real person. Carmine Fanzone, he was a ball player. Oh. Mm. And I think he's like Marty Eisenberg's neighbor or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's pretty cool. Oh. Huh. Yeah, he, uh... He played for the Chicago Cubs, and as such, Fanzone has what I believe is a thick Chicago accent. It's some it's kind of accent? definitely upper Midwest. It feels I'm, like it's... Maybe it's Pittsburgh? Or? I'm thinking Minnesota. Some baseball town. Yes. <laughs> He's definitely going to uh, talk to us about the superiority of his hometown's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that. I like Detroit deep dish, but I wouldn't say it's the best. Oh, I I really like Detroit style pizza. It is. I would say it is. I mean, I have not had Chicago style, but it looks kind of gross. Yeah, it's sort of weird. That's not where the the sauce is supposed to go. It's not right. No, no. You're supposed to fold your pizza in half because it's so thin. Uh huh. I mean, they're different experiences. Yes. So, uh, Captain Fanzone is not having pizza, but rather a nutritious meal from BurgerBot. Yes. And he is driving a rather familiar-looking, uh, kind of crummy-looking yellow car. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny that his is just... I mean, I guess, A, I mean, how much do police get paid, really, which is sad, but also that, you know, when it when it is used later, it's supposed to be sort of a little sporty thing. But here it's just kind of was a little sporty thing 10 years ago. Yes, it's it's heavily rusted out. Uh, my guess would be that like the floor mats are buried beneath a couple inches of burger wrappers. Uh. Probably from burger butt. Yes. This thing smells like a grease trap is what I'm saying. Ew. Clean your cars, people. What is that? Why are you always eating in your car? What the fuck? <laughs> He's on the job, man. He's got to go out and uh, fight uh, fight giant cockroaches. The way he responds to the call really does make it sound like this is not that out of the ordinary. <laughs> yeah. And they're heading to uh, Monroe, actual Michigan County. Yay! Oh. I appreciate Yay, all the accurate uh, Detroit geography here. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, he heads out there. We also get uh, what will be the vehicle modes of all of the Autobots. Got uh, got some motorcycles, fire trucks, uh, ambulances, and SWAT vehicles. Yeah, APC six-wheeled thingy. You do also see at one point uh, uh, standing around a guy who is ends up being the uh, holographic rider decoy thing for Prowl. Huh. And but, he is perhaps coincidentally a guy with a mustache, just as the decoy driver for all of the uh, Decepticons in the movie was a guy with a mustache. Huh. Oh, mustache man. Yes, dubbed mustache man. <laughs> I think he's in the credits as mustache man. Mustache. Aww. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Uh, actually, yeah, now, now it occurs to me that what Bulkhead is, is... One of those vehicles that, like, local sheriff's departments keep buying from the military that are really 
highly iffy, and maybe they shouldn't. I don't know, it kind Although, of reminds me of the, the vehicles from the first Judge Dredd movie. No. I was no. Kind of thinking of yeah, those big, the, uh, like, 30s police vans they have on uh, Batman, the animated series. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, they're the uh, vans that they don't seatbelt people into and then drive deliberately as roughly <laughs> as possible to... Uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't go into this. <laughs> I mean, I will say that I think the Detroit police is uh, justified in having this military equipment, given that they are probably routinely besieged by mechanical monstrosities, giant cockroaches, and as we'll later learn, actual supervillains. Yes, and in this setting, it, it seems a bit more justified than, like, the the little rural county my parents live in. <laughs> And they've also got a bunch of uh, helidrones, which is kind of, uh, we're, we're like personalized uh, drones, like a thing, back uh, in 2007. Right. Not, not the really. Quadcopters. I mean, these aren't quadcopters, but it, it's kind of neat. I, yeah, that wasn't idea. really a thing yet. Around. That was how you knew it was the future. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is one of those things like Star Trek where some of the stuff is ca- catching up way faster than 50 years. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, and speaking of, uh, so it, it, despite their efforts to shoot hoses at it, which. <laughs> sure, that'll work. It's a robot, maybe we can short it out. Yeah, it ends up grabbing a bunch of vehicles and absorbing them. It's now, this, it's, it's pretty gross. It's kind of a big yellowish blob with armored sections. It is convincingly gross. <laughs> It's it's definitely a, a Ben 10 monster. And so speaking of military-grade hardware, uh, they shoot it with bazookas. Well, and it, of course, local cops are going to have bazookas in the future. Well, again, you got uh, supervillains and giant bugs. I'm, I'm not ruling out kaiju here. This kind of is a kaiju. Yeah. It's a mini kaiju. It's bigger than a person. It, it counts. So wait, is like Shaquille O'Neal a kaiju? What? No, he's not bigger than <laughs> bigger a person. Than a person. He <laughs> is a person. If he was not a person in his size, I guess he count. <laughs> How about Charles Barkley? He fought another kaiju. <laughs> well, he was um, like a hundred meters tall at the time. So, what that? Yeah, I guess that does count, because there's the War of the Gargantuas, which are just sort of Harry Frankensteins. Okay, so at least half of the uh, commentators on Inside the NBA, potential kaiju. Good to know. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, this they blow this giant bug monster apart into scraps of goo. Yeah. One of which lands on Fanzone's head, which is disgusting. Yeah, that can't be good. <laughs> I mean, it's Poor like guy. having... Like having a bug the size of your fist land on your head. It's yeah. pretty gross. Yeah. And Fanzone was warning them not to do it, but they just went ahead and did it anyway. Not to do it. <laughs> and yeah, it, it starts to reform like the T-1000. But one blob of it drops into the lake and ends up uh, slithering its way into the Autobot ship, which sets off the, uh, the intruder alert system and... It wakes everybody up. Which okay, it's taken this long. It's like, is that the only thing that could wake them up? Like, 
I mean, I guess... let them sleep forever? I guess. Or, I don't know, until, like, uh, I don't know, a big fish got in there or something. <laughs> Particularly large fish. Musky or something. <laughs> I assume it was going to wait until, like, a Cybertronian repair crew got to him and Sentinel Prime just kind of forgot to send one. Oh, what a jerk. Oh. That's kind of harsh. That's, like murderous level of kind of a jerk there. I mean, to be fair, they went through that space bridge, and we don't know where it was supposed to go, and then that space bridge blew up. That's yeah. true. Although, this does raise a question, Lake Erie is not that big. You would think somebody might have noticed this. Eh. Haven't, like, eh. a couple of uh, trollers and, like, cargo freighters sunk in Erie? Or is that the other uh, lakes? Uh, you think, uh, well, the Edmund Fitzgerald sank in Superior, I believe. Uh, yeah. Or, that is uh, the lake they call Gitchigumi. No one calls it that. It's in the song. Gordon Lightfoot calls it that. Well, okay, but... As the big ships go, it was bigger than most did. <laughs> Don't get me started. Uh, no. ah, back, back to episode... And- Yes, so they decide, you know, okay, I guess we gotta, we gotta help out, fight this giant bug monster. And, uh, so they all scan, uh, they launch what is basically the Sky Spy from, uh, the yes. pilot. Prepare, yes. prepare. Is it the same thing, basically? It's, it's close, and then that thing where it does, where it makes like an energy box around the yeah. things it's scanning, that is straight yes. more than meets the eye. And the little, Bits, the the little sort of panels that come out and and spin and yeah, it it's everything short of actually sounding like Casey Kasem. Yes. <laughs> Sadly, they did not get Bill Hader, who does an excellent Casey Kasem. Hmm. Aww. So, well, yeah, they have known that at this point. Yeah, I'm not sure. Actually, I guess Casey Kasem was still alive at this point. Yeah. Good point. Although, given the way he ended his involvement in the franchise, he might have held a grudge. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Even if they were like, well, hey, look, we're not <laughs> not those people now. As many of those people are dead. Yeah. Well, because they were old alive. and racist. <laughs> so, yeah, Ratchet becomes an ambulance. Uh, Prowl becomes a police motorcycle. Uh... Bulkhead becomes one of those APCs. Prime becomes one of those fire trucks. And Bumblebee becomes Captain Fanzone's car. Except without the rust. Yeah. Everyone is already conveniently the right color except for Bulkhead. Yeah, I kind of appreciated that he was a different color. At least one guy. That's nice, but, like, everybody else is already the right color. That's really convenient. Well, yes. Maybe that was actually what they emphasized when picking a vehicle was that it was already the right color. Get me a yellow one. <laughs> yeah. So they all head out, except for Ratchet, who stays behind, because he is the old guy. He's got to analyze this monster blob. I really do like the character design of the vehicle modes here. Yes. The way they, 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 the way they actually do some squash and stretch to emote while they're talking... And the way they use, like, the highlights on the windshield, or in Bulkhead's case, the shape of the front windows, I think in Optimus's case too, 
to kind of emote. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're, they're very cute talking cars. Yeah, and sometimes they'll do a little bounce sort of. Yeah, it was, you know, and at the time that was really not something we had really ever seen in a Transformers thing before, but it's definitely yeah, no. appropriate and, and neat. It was, it was a nice touch. Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't think it really continues much after the pilot. Aw, uh, that's a shame, because it, it's one of my favorite parts of this episode. Yeah. Actually, come to think of it, this is only a little over a year after Cars came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it manages to be more adorable by not having the giant eyeballs and mouths moving. Yeah. Well, then it would just be like the Great Car Rally. <laughs> that uh, 80s Transformer storybook where everybody has uh, oh, right, the eyeball headlight headlights eyes. and yeah. also Megatron drives a big car. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. Was that an Earl Norum one? That is Earl Norum. Yeah. <laughs> and also Optimus Prime has an unsettling mouth. <laughs> How else can he smile at the end when laughing? <laughs> And also, Hound just explodes in that. It's great. Oh. I think it's Hound. Maybe it's Mirage. It's somebody just explodes. Oh, I don't think we mentioned this on the last episode, but Optimus Prime faceplates. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, kind of, wait, does it, uh, Bulkhead doesn't get one, but everyone else? Well, Ratchet, we don't see him in Bumble- action. But. No, Ratchet doesn't and Bulkhead doesn't. Uh, yeah. I don't know, do we see Bumblebees in this episode yet? I know. We I know saw we Prowls in, in the last episode. Yeah, we did yeah. see Prowls. I know we see bumblebees at some point. Oh yeah, we eventually see. Maybe not this episode. So I think bumblebees similar. just kind of his mouth disappearing. Kinda. Well, he's kind of got something similar to his uh, uh, Generation One toys faceplate. Oh okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's something that you know was something on the toys that they phased out in Beast Wars, but then they used it in the movie, and I guess that's probably where it's being influenced by here. Is that they're bringing that in from the movie. Yeah. It, it's kind of a weird thing from the movie where it's like, well, he can't just have a faceplate. Optimus Prime's got to talk, but also he doesn't look like Optimus Prime if he does have a mouth, so we'll let him faceplate up for the action sequences, I guess. Yeah. It's, you know, it's 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 a bit of a balance, I guess. It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I, I appreciate the... Yeah. You're saying you appreciate the... Ah, I have no idea what I was going to say. I think I was going to say the same thing about the uh, car expressiveness, actually. So yeah, they uh, they they come out in vehicle mode. Uh, Captain Fanzone is somewhat perplexed as to what these rogue vehicles are doing, and also soon enough why they have no drivers. <laughs> yes, I also love this stock bit from any fresh-to-earth Transformers series of not getting that humans are peoples. Yes. yes. They, yeah. they see Sari trying to get the uh, the key from the robot dog, and they assume that she is the pet, and the robot <laughs> dog is the owner. Yes. Uh, and and that's, you know, I, it's sort of like, it always feels like with Beast Wars, like that was a, a an advance that they had made in the meantime, is figuring out that organic life was a thing. Yes. So it's, it's always cute when they don't get that vehicles and machines are not the dominant life form. It's not and always so they, cute. Yes, and so they try and There's corral a, her like she's a lost cat. <laughs> There's a what? 
Oh, I was gonna they, say they, it's not always cute when they don't get that cars aren't people's and it's the humans. For example, sideburn and robots in disguise. Yeah, oh, that's true. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. John consensual car no. stalking. So, Otherwise, yeah, though. So eventually, Bumblebee has to save her from the monster, and Prowl tries to fight it himself because he is ninja asshole. <laughs> and he just gets eaten. Oh, not before yeah. chopping off Bulkhead's hand. Yes. Oh, well, Wrecking Ball it hand. It, it turned into the Wrecking Ball and it gets cut off. I mean, it's part of him. Yeah. It does become his hand. And it, and, um, I don't know, I don't think it was in the first episode. Uh, Bumblebee makes a sorry, sorry joke. Yes. Which, <laughs> yes. I love it. Th- these advanced alien robots are good at puns. Yes. <laughs> well, he doesn't make it intentionally. He becomes a puppet. Well, if he knows the language. I mean, I yeah. presume that any sort of automatic language learning sort of thing is not necessarily going to pick up on the nuances of names like that. But, but it's cute. And yeah, so they just end up, you know, transforming in front of everybody. So we are just immediately dispensing with the whole secret robots thing. Yes. Yeah, it, it, like they try and then like once... Once one of their own gets absorbed, it's like, ah, screw it. Let's just become robots. Well, we tried. (laughs) As much as we've talked positively about this art style, I'm not sure it worked great for the dramatic reveal stock transformation animation. Yeah. It's It's a little silly. It's No, it's just that it's, like, not detailed or action-y enough when they're doing that. Like, that's where you pour your budget in anime. Like, make the stock transformations. You're going to use... All the damn time, look as awesome as possible. Yes. See also Power Rangers. Yes. <laughs> but whereas this, it, like, it tries, but it's like, if there'd been like more uh, levels of shading gradation, it might work better, or more flipping around and glowing sparkles. Something. They're just eh. characters that are already really fluid and simplified, and it's just kind of the opposite of what you want for one of these. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is the right thing for every other part of the show, but I guess you need stock footage of them kind of flying in the air with speed lines behind them to use on the show bumpers. Yes. Do indeed. So, yeah, uh, Sari and Bumblebee are friends now. Uh, Ratchet has figured out how to stop this thing, but unfortunately it means delivering a uh, some new programming from inside. Because, so of course, uh, it can't be easy. Yes, and they're going to need the smallest and the fastest to do it. So that means you, Bumblebee. I like how he's just like, why are you looking at me? Yeah. <laughs> it's you. Get out there. But unfortunately, the creature has now absorbed Prowl partially. So it now has much... It's kind of like the thing. Yeah. It doesn't want to be a cockroach. It wants to be us. <laughs> oh. Well, it kind of just wants to be a bigger cockroach. But... Also. Yeah. So it it is understands what they're doing and probably only narrowly manages to do a crazy stunt and jump into this thing's gaping maw. On the one hand, I absolutely love jump off the top of parking structure set pieces. On the other hand, he smashes through the wall on the side. Yeah. And just 
either that thing is super fragile, or he should have just crumpled against the wall. Well, he's not an Earth car, so... Yeah, he's made of, like, yeah, space true. metal. Yeah. Still, those are pretty heavily reinforced. Yeah, lots of cement and rebar and stuff. Yeah. So he gets through and successfully crumbles this thing into dust. It's really lucky that Prowl was the only thing that didn't get absorbed into dust. Yes. And Bulkhead's uh, Wrecking Ball. There should have been some more bits that hadn't been fully digested. Yeah, a bunch of, uh, you know, cars full of skeletons. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure they made it out. This is a a cartoon. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. Everybody's fine. They, They evacuated the city beforehand. Although I will say, if this was a 90s cartoon, you might have seen some skeletons there. Some of those uh, syndicated 90s cartoons played a little fast and loose with people dying horribly. Yeah. You definitely yeah. some skeletons on Skeleton Warriors. Yeah. Well, that, go back to Inhumanoids. You're going to get uh, bombs. Mad Max, or not Mad, uh, Mighty Max. People dying left and right in that show. Oh. Huh. It's uh, gruesome. Man, Mighty Max is way, way better than any Mighty Max show had a right to do. <laughs> yes. I never got to see the show. I like the toys, but it's surprisingly good. Yeah. It had Tony Jay and and Richard Mall and wasn't it Tim Tony Jay is a bird person? Yes. Yeah, so yes. Like a chicken okay. man. More like an owl man, but yeah. A, a short, round old owl man. So good. So good. So yeah, Prowl is I mean he's alive, but he's not in great shape. There's a there's like a giant chunk carved out of his chest. So they've all gotta get back to the base to fix him up. Uh and sorry convinces Bumblebee to let her go along. Some <laughs> establishing him once again as Park Cheetor. Yeah, yeah it it, yeah. it is weird how easy she convinces him. Although she's very persistent, she keeps crawling in onto his seat and eventually curls up like a cat. One of my favorite things this show does, and I'm not sure we see all that often in any other Transformers show. I guess we did see it in the original Robots in Disguise anime, but I digress. The Bumblebee, like, turning his door into his arm again and manipulating things. That that happened a couple times in G1, I think. Sort of, yeah. A little bit, a couple couple times. times. And then I think a couple times in the comics, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. See, and this leads to a unamusing scene where a Bumblebee is very is trying very hard to conceal the fact that there's a person in him from his comrades. This kind of thing is usually not my favorite kind of comedic. I bit. think I think it's well done here. Oh, I'm I'm not saying it was badly done. It's just not my thing. Yeah, I mean, it, ever it is a little cliche. So I'm not he a just, huge fan of comedy that's derived from could you just actually be honest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least it doesn't go on for too long, and the fact that her na- name is Sorry, and he says Sorry, and they think it's Sorry, and, and <laughs> it works with the joke. It says get down, and then it's, I mean, get down loading yeah, that more was information. the worst bit. Yeah. <laughs> Any time like- that a character says get down though now you know that you can do your techno remix <laughs> oh no I know exactly what song plays after that and it's a J-pop song and then everybody has to spin like they're glitching out on an N64 <laughs> <laughs> yes 
that exactly. I was going to say, the, I thought the Get Down uh, just meant that you had to uh, then produce an unpopular series on Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, the Get Down. It's uh, produced by, I think, Baz Luhrmann. It's like a oh. hip-hop superhero musical. What? That sounds amazing and horrible at the same time. Uh, uh, Jaden <laughs> Smith is in it. That's horrible. Oh, probably. Yeah. I'd kind of rather go see Spider-Man Rocks at Universal Studios, and that was so bad they killed it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Jaden Smith, uh, Jimmy Smits, and I think Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, Space Jimmy Smits. I've heard it's That's not weird. <laughs> no. But anyway, so yeah, he just chucks her into, like, the laundry chute. Which they have. You know, for the robot laundry. <laughs> and she ends up in the same place that they stash the AllSpark, which then communicates with her somehow. Yeah, it, it says hi in a strange way. Like, I wanted to pause and see, like, all the things that flash by, but I couldn't be bothered, really. <laughs> it's a cool oh. sequence, and also, sorry, surprisingly genre-savvy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, she grew up around robots, so uh, th- this box is talking by showing her pictures of other robots, and somehow it sees pictures of people in pyramids from her head. And I think DNA. Oh. And then it decides I mean, uh, to upgrade her keycard into a, you know, plot-resolving MacGuffin. <laughs> yes, and, you know, I guess it's just yeah. all that stuff that Tudor bot taught her, so it also knows all about the Smoot-Holly tariff. <laughs> well, there you go important. And yeah, this uh, this now becomes the plot driver for the show. Yep. And it's, I mean, it seemed pretty random. Uh, there, there's stuff that makes it seem less random later. Yes. Although, course, as, but... as Bubba Robinson's on-screen father would say, that only raises further questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. So yeah, she eventually makes her way back to where they're doing the whole uh, Death of Optimus Prime thing with Prowl here. <laughs> I fear the wounds are fatal. Can't give me your ninja stars, Prowl. I'm I'm just a soldier. I'm not a ninja. <laughs> it would be better if they were trying to get Ultra Magnus to be a ninja. <laughs> No, I'm just thinking of Bulkhead as a ninja. Yes! I mean, yes. Maybe, if he, maybe if he lost an eating contest. Actual plotline on that G.I. Joe Sigma 6 show. What? Guy what? loses an eating contest, has to undergo ninja training. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't watch more Sigma 6. Why? All I can Why? say is, be a hero, it's time to turn the tide. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Prowl is going to die, but uh this uh the key starts glowing and physically pulling sorry towards uh Prowl. It uh and it then transforms, fits into a slot on Prowl's chest, and then fixes him. Yeah, it it transforms into a T shape to fit into his T cog. Yes, I think that's it doesn't do this after the pilot. Everything just has a slot that happens to be the right shot. 
I guess yeah. it's like a USB port. Everything has a USB port. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. Or, uh, I don't know. Maybe a le- it, it's fifty years in the future, so maybe it's like a lightning port or no. whatever they're doing. Stupid! It's just it's USB Type Z. Yeah, but <laughs> earlier Ratchet's finger flips open and he has a T slot he sticks into the computer. Yeah, well, it's that's way like, different size than this too. So yeah. Repeat to yourself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. Yeah. Yeah. So he's fixed, and then they realize, oh, right, we we kind of kidnapped this child. Oops. Yeah. And so and so they head back to the service. They are briefly cornered by the police. <laughs> yep. But pretty quickly, they overcome the misunderstanding, and then they, they give them, like, a big ceremony to... Uh, Proclaim them heroes. Yeah, that, like, there's no point in robots in disguise now. I was... Nope. Quick. I, I yeah. like the joke that kind of doesn't work, hmm? where Sari's talking to Ratchet and says, the symbols on Ratchet mean that they're an ambulance, so they'll usually avoid shooting at you, except they're completely made-up symbols because the Red Cross is infamously litigious about use of... Actual red crosses. Yeah. <laughs> and that has sort of become the default ratchet symbol, because there, there's a similar, similar symbol on, uh, movie ratchet, and then, uh, Jeffrey Combs ratchet has similar ones in Prime. Oh, yay! Where is my ratchet? Somewhere. And yeah, there, there's also a bit where the, uh, the Autobots kind of don't understand what Sari is. Have to be explain that she is a she. Ooh. What is this gender? Well, I mean, well, we know well, they're calling her an it. Yeah, oh. I mean, there was a girl robot in the last episode. Yeah, I I also appreciated the bit where Optimus just kind of calls out Bumblebee on fucking up by bringing Sari on board, and he's just like, I, I'm. I'm still narrowing it down to, like, five explanations. Yes. Yeah. And he also says, it followed me home, can I keep it? <laughs> I appreciate that Bumblebee is kind of a dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, and when uh, when they're trying to catch her, Bulkhead is just like, come here, little creature. We won't hurt you. It's pretty adorable. Yes. So everything's going pretty well for the Autobots, but meanwhile, in space... Starscream is still aboard the busted-ass nemesis, talking solely to himself, which he's been doing for 50 years. Not not a surprise, really. I mean, come on. No. But oh, then it, it detects the presence of the Allspark. Mm. Now he knows where to find it. Which he, which he will in part three of Transform and Roll Out. You know, there were... There were some some time references between these two episodes where they mentioned solar cycles in ways that make make it sound usually like it's years. And in fact, Starscream explicitly says it's fifty solar cycles he's been looking for it, which we know that it you know it's set on the screen fifty years later. But then also it's referenced like it means day. Because it's like some sayings about, like, you know, the solar cycle isn't over yet. Oh. Yeah. Consistency. Time is always a little wonky. 
that is a tradition in Transformers media of just completely getting that wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Just using random measurements of time. Yeah, I think there's some reference in uh this in an early generation one episode to something happening in so many astroseconds and it's yes. enough astroseconds it would be like five hundred years. <laughs> Really, the only consistent thing involving time in Transformers fiction would be if there was some reason to cross over with Morse Day. Yes. Or uh, Vorns and Breams, which I think we got exact definitions for. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it was in the little Generation editorial notes. They were yes. so very rarely used, though. Yes. Which is three minutes cool to set. the Bream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, this is... I mean, we... This is very much the middle part of a three-parter, so... And generally, three-parters kind of sag in the middle a little. Well, it, it kind of finishes the story that was in the first episode. Like, the next episode could just be anything, almost. Other than yeah, Starscream will show up eventually. Yes. And we do... I mean, the next episode sort of sets up the status quo of, you know, the Autobots having a base and, you know, all that happening. Yeah. You know, they're, they're getting to know people, and also, you know, the continued nature of a consistent Decepticon threat on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they had, I guess, committed to it being... I, I mean, the series as a whole isn't really a serial... You, you have your, you know, storyline episodes, uh, but had this been a more serial series, the next episode, Part 3, really could have been you know, a standalone instead of being part whatever. Uh-huh. But, you know, overall, I enjoyed it. I thought the action scenes were uh, fairly well done, and uh, the sorry Autobot interplay is entertaining. Yeah, she's yeah. one of the earlier examples of the fiction of a rather likable human character rather than one that's just there. Yes, yeah. she's the best up to this point, I think, and possibly beyond. <laughs> yeah. I, I have one major problem with this episode, and it's silly, and it's that during that sequence at the end where they're putting their hands up, mm-hmm. they don't break out into Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, they're not scary. Put your hands out so they can see you're not scary, and then they put them up like... Zombie. It, it is yes. another missed opportunity for a song, because in the previous episode, Blitzwing said he was going to break into song and really didn't. Alas. Alas. Like, if this show was a musical, that is the only thing I think that can make it better than it... Well, it's... It's okay. It's it's good. I'm not sure if it's great yet. We're still early into rewatching. Yeah, sadly, we did not get a... Uh... We did not get a musical episode of Transformers until much, much later. Yeah. Especially since there's going to be a musical guest later in this series. That's true. <sighs> yeah. Conway Twitty? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. They uh, they go into rural Michigan for an episode. <laughs> this is the... I mean, definitely of the... Uh, it is sort of interesting how the Unicron trilogy went into having, like... Your your three main kids for a while, and now we're back to just having the one. Yes, uh, and apparently one with a single father. Yes, 
and and uh, apparently it was specifically uh you know the the higher ups at Cartoon Network I think uh Sam Register who wanted them to have the the human character be a girl this time I don't know if he also you know specifically said maybe a a girl of color as well but you know I think that that's really cool that especially if she's the main human character and not just one of a group that they they steered away from just the boring white dude kid default and and went in a little more of a, a different direction there it's really cool mm. but don't worry we will, we will be going back to three kids uh in the next series yeah but only one third white that's something yeah that's, oh, that's worthwhile all right, so uh, that does it for this week, but until next time, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we are on Facebook, and we are on Tumblr. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, uh, where we also have our news podcast, Icon Underground Radio. Uh, we now have Amazon affiliate links there, so you can buy whatever crazy stuff you're buying on Amazon and help us out with those. And we also have a Patreon set up at patreon.com slash underground and help us get some, uh, you know, pay, pay, uh, our sound editor here and get our hosting fees and hopefully get some upgraded equipment. And of course you can, uh, you can find us on both iTunes and on Google Play, however you prefer to get your podcasts. And uh, while you're doing so, please rate and review us. So until next time. Uh, when we cover the final part of Transform and Roll Out. I'm Rob. I'm Chad. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Forgot to talk about jam projects again. Uh, well, you can talk about it in the third part. Um, jam. But, but Japanese animation song makers. Yum jam. Kind of a <laughs> mouthful to me. Jam. I mean, they're no banana ice. <laughs> they make the best robot theme songs. Oh. Okay, so de- definitely, you know, put a pin in that for next time. Jam project. Jam project. Mm, jam. <laughs> Why?